Amen. I don't often announce my subject, but I did today. And uh, I, I want to take you to the word of the Lord, and we're just going to do a, a, a good old-fashioned discussion of the word of God. Many times we read things and we, we take them out of context. We just simply read and, and you know, you can, you can read one scripture. If, if I wanted to just take a scripture out of context, there's a scripture in the book of John that says, he that loveth God is born of God. And we can make that the ultimate criteria for being saved. You just love God, you're born of God. But we know that John was writing to the church in his epistle. We know that it takes more to come to God than just saying, I love God. Amen. Amen. You have to be born, Jesus said, of the water and the spirit. Can you say amen? amen. So tonight my subject is, is very simple, and it will be a very simple, very simple Bible lesson. Matter of fact, it's just a, a short and a very simple discourse of the flip side of judging. The flip side. Judgmental. Remember this. To be or not to be? That's the question. So I want to talk about what does it mean to be judgmental. And we talk about that often. It, 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 it really is something that we need to address as the church because there are a lot of choices, a lot of choices. Let me just give you an example. There's a lot of choices in our lives, and there's things that we, we have to choose and decide on a daily basis. If you went to buy toothpaste today, you'd find tartar control, you'd find striped toothpaste, you'd find popular brands, you'd find generic brands, you'd find whitening formulas, you'd find all sizes and tubes, you'd find pumps, and you got to decide which one you want. Don't get too quiet on me, it's not that serious yet. I mean, you're going to get your toothpaste if that's what you're worried about, but I'm not fixing to preach against that. Matter of fact, I might preach for that for a while. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There's nothing actually that a person can do to avoid making necessary judgments of some kind in our world, and we understand that clearly, clearly. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very careful here tonight, but clearly avoiding judgments is, is not a, a warning to avoid decisions. We have decisions that we make on a daily basis, and, and, and we have to be careful because every decision matters in our life. Do you believe that? Every decision matters in your life. And it's obvious that the Christian's life is filled with decisions. We, as people of God, have moral decisions to make. We have to refuse compromise. We have to stand with truth. And it requires a discerning Christian to be, like it or not, judgmental. You have to be judgmental. I, uh, I thought long and hard about what I'm going to say to you this evening because I think it is a very important subject. We love to take the scriptures and we like to say, you know, the Bible says judge not, and it does. Jesus in his sermon on the mount, he said, judge not lest you be judged. As a matter of fact, why don't we just read it together? If you'll take me to, to, uh, to the book of Matthew, brother, and uh, we'll, we'll just start right there. Let me get my glasses here so I can read this writing. But Matthew, in the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talking. All of this is in red in my Bible. Judge not that ye be not judged. And then he said, For what judgment ye shall judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Jesus said this, thou hypocrite, first cast the beam out of thine own eye, and then, then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. I'm going to stop right there because I want to I read another verse or two here in just a little bit. 
So we, we grab that and we hang to that one scripture. But you can't take one scripture. And, and I'm not here today to tell you that we need to become judgmental people because that's absolutely what we don't need to be. The word judgmental in the sense of, of, of overly critical, self-righteous, or moralistic dates back to the 1960s for centuries for centuries, one writer said this, some of the greatest writers and speakers in the world or the world has ever known managed to express themselves without using this word. Yet, now we use it almost every day. Well, you're just being judgmental. Why do we say that? Why do we say that? Are we more, are we more moralistic than the people that were back when? Or, I don't think so. I think we are less moralistic than those people were. Moral standards were obviously less strict back when. Let me say that again. Some of you didn't get it. I said moral standards were less strict in the 60s, in the 50s. In other words, we're living in the most immoral age that we've ever lived in. You know what burns me up? I know I'm on the internet. All of y'all that should be here, don't stay at home and watch on the internet. If you live out of town, you're, you're okay. Get in tune. Love y'all. Because we got some folks that stay home and watch the internet. I'm preaching against it. Listen to me right now. It may never get more exciting than what we're doing right now, okay? So just kind of settle in here with me for a few minutes. Because what really burns me up is that a few folks for a cause can rise up and the majority will say nothing. And the few folks look like the majority. And they'll rule the world if you'll let them. Is that crazy or what? But that's fact. That's the world that we live in. We are, we're not more, we're not more moralistic than, than the people were. We, we, we are, I mean, not just me saying that, but even the liberals will tell you that, that we are living in a different age. So what do we mean when we call somebody judgmental? You know, you hear that word, well, you're judgmental. So occasionally we mean somebody who is truly overcritical and self-righteous. That's what Jesus was talking about when he talked in Matthew chapter 7. People who were overly critical and self-righteous, but usually we mean something quite different. Usually we are condemning someone who dares to express moral or ethical values of any sort. I've lived to see the day that I have to be careful what I preach behind this pulpit. You believe that or not? You say the wrong thing? It's on YouTube? It's on Facebook? It's on Snapchat? And whatever else? Instagram? Everywhere you go, you're being recorded. Everywhere you go, you have to be careful because we have such a sensitive little world. I want to tell you, the work of the devil is to make us overly, overly sensitive to judgment in our world. Let me tell you, I, I, I don't know. Let me, I, I'm, I'm going to try to be careful here, but I, I want you to understand something. There are some issues of our day that we cannot afford to not judge. We don't want to judge people critically. For you to come in here and say, well, I don't like her hairdo. That's judgmental. Well, I don't like the way he dresses. That's judgmental. For you, for you to cast an, an overly critical and self-righteous spirit against people is wrong. And Jesus said that. He said, just remember this. However you judge, that's the way you're going to be judged. So you have to be careful how you judge people. 
Amen? Don't just, don't just throw words out there and start talking about this or talking about that. Usually, usually people that are judgmental are berating someone for being, you ready for this word? Old-fashioned enough to distinguish between right and wrong according to biblical standards. Let me tell you, people don't get upset at the world when they tell you everything is okay and God is a God of love. And I want to tell you he is a God of love, but he also is a God of judgment. Amen? The Bible, I read the Bible, and the Bible said it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, what? Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to judgment. Now, if you don't believe in judgment, you don't believe in God. That's found in Hebrews 9, 27. You will go look it up. But I'm just telling you on, on this Wednesday night, usually people, people that, that are judgmental, we're berating somebody for being old-fashioned. Well, you're hurting my feelings. Well, sometimes our feelings need to be hurt. Some warn others not to be judgmental, but listen to me right now. But many people, when confronted with someone who expresses a moral judgment, they immediately condemn him. And in fact, it is the non-judgmental who claim to be non-judgmental who often judge people most harshly. And they judge people for standing for what is right morally. Someone, someone sent me a message on the internet a few days ago. said, do you accept certain kind of people in your church? I said, everybody's welcome at our church. We love everybody. Amen? We love everybody. We love every sinner. I don't care if you're an alcoholic or drug addict, liar, adulterer, whoremonger, homosexual. I don't care what you are. We love you. God loves you. But we don't condone your sin. Amen? There's a difference in loving people and loving what they do and loving their lifestyle. We ought to put our arms around everybody and say we love them and not be judgmental toward them in that sense. But when you come to this church and when we walk into our world, we cannot say, well, we can't mention that or we can't preach that or we can't go there because that will hurt somebody's feelings. Let me tell you what I believe. I believe if you preach the truth in love, if people are hungry, they will see the truth in love and they will feel the truth in love. And you're not being a judgmental, overcritical, overrighteous, self-righteous person to do that. Amen. See, it's, it's self-proclaimed humanitarians who love all people but who stand idly by in smug neutrality while most inhuman acts are committed. Think about that. So by, by saying that you're non-judgmental, see, passive non-judgmentalism is nothing more than being judgmental in reverse. Could I say that again? Passive non-judgmentalism is, is nothing more than being, because you are judging people that choose to judge moral things. I, 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 guess, I guess, let me say it this way. Not making a decision for right and for truth is to condemn those that do. And to be silent in the faith, listen to me, to be silent in the face of untruth is to shout affirmation of error. The only thing it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to keep silent. You ever heard that? That's an old saying. That come from long ago. The only thing we have to do for evil to stand up and prevail 
is for us just to become non-judgmental. That's what's wrong now. You know what we need to do? We need to speak up against sin. We need to judge in our homes and in our personal lives what is right and what is wrong. And we don't need to take the tuck head and stick our head in the sand and, and act like nothing's going on. We need preachers that will preach without fear or favor. We need saints that will live without fear or favor. We don't need to be one thing on Monday and another thing on Sunday. We need to have the truth of God embedded in us to where when it comes time to judge what is right, look, God gave us the ability to judge what is right and judge what is wrong. The word of God, I'm going to give you some examples in just a few minutes of judgment in the scriptures because you be silent, you're doing nothing more than letting evil walk all over you. Now you got to be wise. You know what Jesus told the disciples when they were about to be sent out? When he, when he, he said to them, he said, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You know what that means? How many of you like chocolate pie? I mean, hold your hand up. I'll tell you, uh, pecan pie, that, more than that. There you go. I see you. Yeah, I got you. I like that stuff. Sad part is that it likes me. It just wants to stick with me. I like pecan pie. But I don't like pecan pie smashed in my face. I don't want to be force-fed pecan pie. Hello? You got to be careful how you present your view. You got... Y'all are quiet on me right now. You got to be careful how you win people to God. You won't ever win people to God offending them. But when the occasion comes and it's time to stand up for what is right and they say, won't you come on down to the bar with me? Oh, we don't do that. Why don't you have a social drink with me? Oh, we don't do that. Some of you would even go so far as to say, our preacher. Don't blame it on the preacher. You might as well go ahead and get a drink. Where's your conviction? But some people have no backbone. And they are so afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. Do you know how many people get in trouble because they're just with the crowd? I'm doing some good teaching here tonight. You see, if, if, if we view all people and all actions through a moral fog, everything and everybody becomes okay. It's right and wrong. You cannot distinguish between right and wrong in a moral fog. If we use, watch this, tolerance as an excuse to tolerate anything, no matter how untrue or unholy, we will become intolerable. And if you use being or, or not being quote unquote judgmental as an excuse for moral and physical cowardice, we will be judged. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, you can say, well, you know, we just tolerate. And My, my mom and dad told me this many years ago. Just remember this. What this generation tolerates will be law in the next generation. I know you watch TV. So let me just say this. Have you noticed on TV, they're now putting a whole lot of stuff on there with men, with men, and women, with women. Have you noticed that? Do you know why that is? That is to soften the conscience of America. And they want us, Hollywood is controlling 
what we see. They're controlling what we hear. They want us to believe that because a movie star does it, it's okay. I got some of you. Some of you is bailing on me right here. But it's okay because I'm going to keep hammering. Listen to me. You can't let the world draw the line in your life because they'll keep moving the line. You can't let the world make your standards. There is a right and there is a wrong. Watch me. It never changes. Never changes. So, well, it's a new day. It may be a new day, but there's some things that are right. Do you know there's scriptures in the scripture that tell you what will keep you out of heaven that has never changed from Jesus' day until now? What will keep you out of heaven and keep you away from the kingdom. Now, some things we've created. I'm going to give you that. Somewhere along the way, we decided there were some other things that would keep you out of heaven that the Bible don't say anything about. But the things that are in the scripture that are principles are written in stone and they will be there for time and eternity, they will never change. Anybody believe what I'm saying? Amen. So, so to be to be tolerant means that we allow this, and 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 that flows pretty good. So we allow this, and that, and I'm talking about sinful things. I'm not talking about look. God don't care what color you wear. He don't care how you fix your hair. He don't care what kind of car you drive. Why y'all looking at me? He don't care if you listen to the radio as long as you don't fill your mind with stupid stuff. He don't even care if you watch TV. That's why them things have a knob on them or a button. Some filthy comes on, turn it off. Amen? He don't care if you got a Mac or a PC or he don't care. But he does care when you cast your eyes upon evil things. He does care. He cares what you fill your mind with. He cares who you listen to. Well, so when you become tolerant, and I can't, look, it's not, it's not things that we can't preach against things that we don't like. There's some things I don't like. I wish I had Bible for, but, and there's some things you don't like. But we can't, we can't tell people what well, that will send you to hell. Everybody has convictions, should, personal convictions. Convictions that will carry you through life. Amen. There's some things, and I, I don't even have to go there. I've taught it enough that you ought to know it by now. If you're new here, let me just tell you this. Develop some personal convictions in your life. Some things that will, anything that is not conducive to living for God in your life is not good for you. Anything that pulls you away from God is not good for you. Are you with me? I, I I don't know any other any better way to say that because we and I was just thinking today. Thank God we're not all just alike. If we was all just alike, you wouldn't even have to choose your wife. You'd just say, "Okay, come on, number forty-four." What kind of life would that be? I'm so glad I don't look like y'all. And you're glad you don't look like this ugly bug. All you tall folks, I feel like just whipping you. We're not all alike. We don't come from the same background. We don't have the same pedigree. We don't even think alike. There's some of us that have been raised around the church. Man, we have been so sheltered. 
You, you, you want a mind-blowing experience? Just go to New York City. Go stand on Times Square. Took my whole family there a couple years ago. Uh, we all went. I didn't take them. I didn't pay for all that business. I'd have been broker to Hank. But, but, but we went. And, and you know, you, you walk out on, uh, on Times Square, and, and uh, there's everything you want to see on Times Square. I mean, we're walking down the road and looking and watching. There's music. There's, there's when I say anything, there's beggars. You got the riches of New York City, and then you got the paupers. You, and then you look up, and, and here comes some young lady that her mama didn't teach her well. She don't have no clothes on. Very little clothes. Some of them just had paint. Seriously. Just, I'm talking about nothing but paint. Is that the way you want to live? But see, we don't live in New York City. We live in the Bible Belt. We get up every morning. We live where there's more churches and there's more, more, more uh, religion. And, and, and we're, we don't know anything about San Francisco. We, we don't understand New York City. We don't understand Chicago. Some of you have been there. You understand. But, but what, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is we don't all come from the same place. There's people in this room that come from lifestyles that I know nothing about. But here's what I do know. There's a common denominator called the Holy Ghost that when you get it and when you get that experience with God, when you repent of your sins and say, Lord, I want you to take every evil thing out of me. He doesn't give you one set of rules in the Bible and me another set. He said, here's the principles. Here's what you walk by. Here's what you live by. Here's what you go by day by day by day. And it doesn't change in Chicago. It doesn't change in Monroe, Louisiana. It is the word of God. And it's right for us to live by. You believe that tonight? It's just the right thing to do. So, so let's, let's quit talking about tolerance and being, not being judgmental. Dare we forget that judgmental sermon that Stephen preached? You want to hear some of it? Listen to this man's address. Listen, listen. Matter of fact, <coughs> brother... Tommy, it is in, uh, let me see if I can find it right quick. It is in Acts chapter 7. Let's start about 51. If you would, just put that up. I want you to all see it. Everybody say judgmental. judgmental. I want you to tell me when I get through reading this if Stephen was judgmental. Here's what he told him. Ye stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. First of all, he judged them, and then he judged the other generation. He said, so do you. Verse 52. Let's keep reading. Watch what he said. Amen. Are we there? Hello. Verse 52. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before the coming of the, of, of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. He called them betrayers and murderers. Read on. Watch what he said. He said, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and you didn't keep it? He said, you got it, but you didn't keep it. Let's move a little further. He said, when they heard these things, the people heard Stephen, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. They didn't like that judgmental preacher. Watch this. Next verse. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And here's what he said. Watch. Here's what happened. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, how much more judgmental do you get than that right there? 
Then they cried with a loud voice, the scripture said, and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of their city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. You know who that was? That was Saul who became Paul. He helped the coats of those that stoned this judgmental preacher. What if I come in here Sunday and just said, you stiff neck and uncircumcised of heart and ears, Christian Life Church, some of you would automatically say, well, who does he think he is? Judging us. Why are y'all so quiet tonight? Let, 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 me, let, let me go a little further. The same Jesus who said, judge not lest you be not, be, or lest you be judged, is the same Jesus who also said in John 7, 24, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Don't just judge by appearance, judge with right judgment. Jesus, Jesus did not fear to judge the unrepentant scribes and Pharisees. He said, listen to what he called them. He called them hypocrites. He called them sons of hell. He called them blind guides. He called them blind fools, full of robbery and uncleanliness. He called them whited sepulchers, which appear to men beautiful, but are within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. He called them full of iniquity. He said they were serpents and they were a brood of vipers. That's what Jesus called the Pharisees. Not to mention that fire-breathing preacher that came before him called John the Baptist and his judgmental rebukes. You say, I don't believe in being judgmental. You have to be judgmental at a point in your life. That doesn't give you the right to criticize your neighbor and to, to get a holier-than-thou spirit. Let me teach you something. You know what God said about a holier-than-thou attitude? Anybody ever met anybody with a holier-than-thou attitude? Looked the part, smelled the part, all that, but was just, just holier-than-thou. Somebody looked down their nose at you as a Christian. You never could do good enough because they were holier I'm having fun up here tonight. Do you know what God said about them? You go, I don't, I don't even know where the scripture is, but here's the scripture. He said they are smoke in God's face. Smoke in God's nose. How many of you have ever been around a campfire? Don't lie to me, y'all. Y'all at church? Anybody ever been around a fire period that had smoke? Thank you. Listen to me. Did you ever notice that you could sit over here on the east side and all of a sudden, <coughs> and you think you got it whipped and by the time you get to the south side, here comes the smoke. Have you ever noticed that? Isn't that crazy how that works a lot of times? Well, let me tell you what people do when they're holier than thou. They choke God. You have no position and no reason to be holier than thou. We ain't nothing but a bunch of mud balls that God saved by his grace. That we got mercy when we didn't deserve mercy. And he picked us up in seven billion people on the face of the earth and found us and put us in a church and give us the power of God in our lives. I don't know about you, but I have nothing to be holier than thou about. All I have is, is thankfulness in my heart that I know Jesus. Well, what about that old boy by the name of Paul? Let me read you a little bit. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Here's what he said. Can you not realize that the unholy will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not deceive yourselves. No fornicators, listen, 
no fornicators or idolaters or adulterers, no sodomites, no thieves, no misers or drunkards, no slanders or robbers will inherit the kingdom of God. What Paul said. Think he might have been a little bit judgmental? Think he might have? Let me read it again. He said, don't deceive yourself. No fornicators, idolaters, or adulterers, no sodomites. You know what a sodomite is? No thieves, no misers, no drunkard, no slanders, no robbers is going to inherit the kingdom of God. Paul judged Elimus the, the magician as an imposter and a fraud and a son of Satan and the enemy of all that is right in Acts chapter 13. Ananias, the high priest, he judged a whitewashed wall in Acts 23. It was Paul who judged that there are some who trouble you and wish to pervert the gospel of Christ in Galatians chapter 1. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed the gospel of Christ to another, which is not another. But there are some among you that have tried to pervert, that means change, the gospel of Christ. It was Paul who told the early church in 1 Thessalonians, judge everything and hang on to what is good. He said that. So, so the, 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 this inane, I'm okay, you're okay philosophy, let's just love one another and get along and don't be too hard on anybody. And it, obliter it literally obliterates the essential difference between good and evil. My message to you tonight is Christians have to be judgmental when it's right, when the time is right. That doesn't mean that you look down on your neighbor or your fellow saint or somebody on your job and, and, and you become a holier-than-thou, self-righteous, critical person. It just simply means when you come to the part where it's right or wrong, you have to judge what is right. Amen. Anybody believe that? The judgment Christians is to leave is intentions, motives, and the final worth to God. You can't judge people's intentions. Well, I don't believe they... I've seen people come and pray and people say... They don't really mean it. You don't know what they mean. I've seen people come to God and them say, well, they ain't gonna last. You, that's judgmental, but in the wrong sense. Well, they're not really serious. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Look, I've been around Pentecost a long time. Let me tell you something. I've seen revivals where the same person prayed through every revival. It'll make you doubt whether they mean business or not. But I read a scripture that said the mercies of God are new every morning. And I don't care if they come to God now and next Sunday and next Wednesday and next Sunday and next Wednesday. You're not God. You don't know what they're struggling with. You don't know what they're wrestling with. You don't know where they came from. The problem with most Pentecostal churches is we usually try to skin fish before we ever get them in the boat. You come to this church, but you ain't doing nothing here to you take care of every rule and every regulation. Well, who wants to be a part of that? I'm coming. I'm just letting it sink in. You, you know what? People want to go where they are a part. And if you'll make them a part, they'll become a bigger part.
see, you, you can't confuse the judgment of the actions of people with sitting in judgment over them as being supreme judge. But watch this. Reluctance to make judgments concerning spiritual acts is to produce the type of paralysis and worldliness that bring many churches to where they are. You've got to make judgments as to what is right and wrong, but you can't make personal judgments toward people. So Jesus said it. You, I read it to you. He said, don't, just remember this. Judge not that you be judged or that you be not judged. And he said, whatever judge judgments you meet out, that's what's coming back to you. And then he said this. <clears throat> he said, why are you trying to get the beam out of your brother's eye or the, the, the mote out of your brother's eye when you got a beam in your own eye? He said, first of all, you need to go clean your act up. In other words, in, in our language of the 21st century, he was saying, why don't you sweep around your own back door? That's basically what he was saying. Why don't you get your act together? You ain't got no business operating on somebody else till you get your act together. And then I want to show you a scripture. So we all hop on that. See, Jesus said, judge not. I can do anything I want to because Jesus said, judge not. That's not what he was talking about. Let me show you why I don't believe that. Would you put Matthew chapter 7, verse 6? I stopped a while ago for a purpose because I want to I I go here real quick. Because Jesus said this, give not that which is holy. That's the next verse. Unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls before swine lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Now, the very Jesus that said do not judge puts it on you to decide who's a dog and who's a pig. Think about it. He said you got to decide who the dogs are. You got to decide who the swine is. It's in your court. Don't go cast your pearl before swine. Don't, don't give that which is holy unto dogs. He's asking you to make a judgment. I got you thinking. That's a good thing. The very Jesus that just three scriptures before said don't judge is now saying don't give your, your holy things to dogs and, and don't cast your pearl. The pearl is the gospel. Don't, don't cast it before swine. Here, folks, <clears throat> What I'm trying to show you is, is there's a way to be judgmental that is right. The harsh, critical, judgmental spirit is wrong. But it can't become to the place that we become so extreme with not being judgmental that we allow everything to go. And we allow the holders of that position point to the first five verses of Matthew 7 and say, see, don't judge. But they, they forget that Jesus himself said, you got to be careful because you don't give holy things to dogs and you don't cast your pearl before swine. you got to make some judgments. The permissive person holds to religion that serves the God of could I just call it the great God of mush? In other words, we just all come and we love and be happy and everybody's okay. Last time I read the word, it said sometime it will cut you to the bone and to the marrow. Sometime it hurts what the preacher has to say. Sometime it hurts when you pick up the word of God. Sometime conviction rumbles through our soul. Jesus did say, I didn't come to condemn you. He didn't, but he also brought conviction by the word of God. How do you think that people are ever going to come to God if you just make everybody okay? I was working on a very prominent man in this city years ago, and he was coming to this church, and he was doing very well. And, 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 and I thought, boy, he's here. He's going to make it, you know. And, and then all of a sudden, he went missing in action. And a few weeks later, I saw him. I said, hey, called him by name. I said, we're... Where you been? What's going on? Missing you, man. 
He said, well, let me just be honest with you, Pastor. I was raised so-and-so, and I went to so-and-so's church, and they told me I'd never have to change a thing. I could just come there, and I could be what I am, and I... Really? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold the old things pass away. You can't live for God and live the lifestyle of a sinner. When you come to God, some things got to change in your life. Amen? When you come to God, you got to put some things behind you. You may not understand it all. But I'm going to tell you, when you start making consecrations to God, he's going to start blessing you. And he's going to start anointing you. And the first thing you know, your eyes are going to be open to some things of God. And the, and the discerning of spirits are going to come to your life. Amen. You can't live the way you've always lived and serve Jesus Christ. You have to put some things in your rearview mirror. The permissive person holds on to that mush God. Everything's all right because God is love. I believe God is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved us. The scripture says he loved us when we were sinners. But he don't love you enough. Or he loves you too much, let me put it this way, to leave you like you are. He wants a change in your life. Jesus doesn't end his discussion of judging with the command of judge not. He simply says, you got to make a decision about who is and who is not. Let me hurry. How do you reconcile the two positions of Jesus? Here they are. Okay, in Matthew chapter 7, in the first statement, Jesus condemns the critical, holier than thou, jumping to conclusion, sort of judgment that the Pharisees were known for. But in the second statement, he acknowledges the need for making decisions concerning people and behavior that is detrimental to Christian lifestyles. And in verse 6, it stands as a safeguard against an extreme interpretation of verses 1 through 5. It's not the case that Jesus condemns all judging. In fact, he demands that at times we judge what is right and wrong. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know what the Bible said? 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. John tells us that to believe every preacher that comes along is... It's not, it's not what you need to do. He said, test the spirits or try the spirits, whether they be of God. Now, how do you judge whether a preacher is right or wrong? You've got to try the spirits. Amen? You've you got to know the, 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 the voice of God. And the only way to know that is to become a prayerful person. Paul tells you not to associate with a brother, listen, who is a fornicator or covetous or an idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. And that demands that we make a judgment of some sort as to who we hang with. As a matter of fact, the Bible said, avoid those that cause division among you. You have to decide who a troublemaker is. I could go on and on and on here tonight. The scripture is full of things that we have to decide about and make judgments about. But that don't, that don't give me the ability to say, oh, David Bowling, he ain't serious about God. He's just a big old show. Now, you know I'm, I'm just preaching, okay. Oh, David Bowling, he comes down there on Sunday and raises his hands. He ain't serious. Shut up. That is not your place. I did just say that. That is not your place. That is not my place. Because I can't see in here, but God can. He knows what's there. Amen? I've seen people cry that I, I, you know, my first thought was that's crocodile tears. Yeah, it ain't real. But I'm not the judge of that. God is. You know what, you know what Paul said? If, a, if somebody comes along and says they're a prophet, he said, leave them alone. 
Listen to this. He said, the day will declare it. You know what that means? Time will tell. Everybody say, time will tell. Time will tell if they're true blue or not. They love God like they say they love God. Time will tell. If they're really a prophet, time will tell. I've, I've lived to see time tell of you. And so have you. But the facts are, it's not my, my, my position. You know, uh, Morton Bustard, who, who, who preached here a lot for us and who I believe is a true man of God and operation against the Spirit, and I'm hurrying to a close. He said, he said to me one time, we were discussing a, a certain personality that, that uh, you know, he's world-renowned, world-known. A lot of people make fun of him, and uh, I won't call any names in this pulpit. But he, he told me one time, and, and Morton's an old Canadian boy. He just, you got to know him to understand him. He said, now, Dad, we don't need to be talking about him because God will take care of that. If that's not real, God will take care of that. Here's, here's, just, here's, here's a little nugget for you that won't cost you anything extra tonight. A lot of times God moves in some of these guys' ministry because of the faith of people, not because of them. My father-in-law, before he died, went to Monroe Civic Center to a preacher that I wouldn't have faith in. And if I called his name here, you'd know him. Many of you old-timers would. And he went to a crusade. Now, Hubert, if you didn't know Hubert, he was quite a guy. He, I mean, he really was. He was funny. But he, he'd been around Pentecost all his life. He quote scripture better than I could. Thank God my father baptized him in the hospital in a baptistry that was arranged in the hospital in his dying days. But Hubert went to, to this crusade right here in this city. This has been many years ago. And the preacher called him out. And called, I don't believe in that preacher. But he called him out. And he went up on the platform of, of the Civic Center, wherever, whatever they had. And the preacher took a pack of cigarettes away from him. How long had he smoked? Over 50 years he had smoked. He said, you won't ever need these again. And he took them out. And Hubert had an accident. And he, he limped because when his leg that was messed up grew back together, it was shorter than the other one. And the preacher said, furthermore, your leg's going to grow. And old Hubert walked out of there that day like I'm walking. You say, you don't believe that. I don't care what you believe. I know that happened. Now, do I believe that preacher was right? No. I don't believe he preached the gospel or the truth, but I believe he created enough faith in Hubert Griffin that he got a touch from God that night and he walked out. So, so you can, look, the Bible said they're going to come and they're going to call fire out of heaven. You can't be deceived by people that call fire out of heaven. They may have oil dripping out of their fingers, but that doesn't mean they're of God. What I'm trying to tell you is somewhere you got to know spirits and you got to make a judgment and you make it. Watch me real close. You make it not according to what you feel, not according to what I say, according to this right here. This is where you make a judgment. This is where you make a judgment right here. You make it according to this book right here. If it's in this book, it's good. If it's not, no go. Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. Somebody comes along and said, I got a new revelation. No, you don't. No, you don't. Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. It's already been spoken somewhere else. But the facts are, we got to stick with this right here. Come on, get on your feet with me tonight. Judge, judge, mental. To be or not to be? To be? Yes. When the time is right, you as a child of God have to judge what is right. But you can't get a holier-than-thou, self-righteous, critical spirit, and judge other people, especially your brother in the house of God. Amen? Everybody in this church is not going to look alike. 
Everybody's not going to act the same way. Everybody's not going to dress the same way. Thank you. I'm hearing one or two. Everybody's not going to fix their hair the same way. Everybody's not going to drive the same car. Everybody's not going to like the same food. I'm telling you right now, you invite me to eat, give me something I like. You put English pea salad on my plate, I'm going to hurt your feelings. Is this, is this okay? So we can't, we can't judge people. We just can't. But we judge principle. And we judge what is right in the word of God. So when your kids are growing up, here's what you tell them. Honey, we don't do that. Not because Brother Chance said no, but because the Lord said no. We don't go there because the word of God teaches us against that. We don't participate there. We don't look like that. We don't talk like that. We're not associated. Not because, my pastor, don't blame it on me. I'm just the messenger. He wrote it in this book. It's his word. Amen. Ushers, will you come right now? This is in the word too. Bring an offering. Amen. Everybody say bring an offering. Hallelujah. Come on, ushers. Let's receive an offering while I'm finishing up here. I lost some of you about 30 minutes ago, but it's okay. I'm not trying to be a, I'm not trying to be a, a, a funny or a hard or a critical preacher, but here's what I've lived to learn. Here's what I've lived to learn, that I have no right. I'm only called to be a witness when it comes to men and people. God didn't call me to be a judge. I'm not going to sit on the throne. You're not going to appear before me. But we shall all appear, the scripture said, before the judgment seat of Christ. I, you don't have to answer to me. You know, uh, I, I, I laugh about things that, that have been in the past. I was laughing with somebody just this week, but back in the good old days, back uh, when they were growing up and and. And the preacher was coming down the gravel road toward their house, and one of the boys would say, take a TV and take it back down to the back room. Here comes the preacher. He said, it's your turn. I took it last time. <laughs> you ain't got to answer to me. You got to answer to the preacher, okay? So don't be afraid of me, but you got to answer to God. And so when right and wrong comes through your life, check it by the word of God. Know them that labor among you and be sure that the decisions you make are principled by the word of God. Don't put anything in your house that's not okay. Don't put anything in your life that is not okay. Don't condone anything. I told somebody on the phone just today, just today, I had a conversation with somebody. And you know, social media is out of control, folks. Could I, could I beg y'all, please be careful what you put on social media. Please be careful. If you want to go on there and bless God, and you want to go on there and love somebody and say happy birthday, that's good. I picked it. I, I looked at Facebook today, and, and there was a woman right here in this town that I know. She was on a rant over her family. She was just, who? I thought, wow, I'd hate to be her kinfolk right now. But, but, but somebody else, somebody else put something in. And I was just talking to her today, and I said, let, 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 me, let me tell you something. Everybody look right at me. I want you to learn something today. If there's something on there that's wrong and you like it, that means you just condoned it in the eyes of the world. So if I come on there naked tomorrow, that ain't going to happen. They'd shut Facebook down. But if you liked it, you're as wrong as I am because you just condoned it. Just a thought. I got to be honest with you. Somebody comes on there ranting and raving and cursing and swearing and chewing people out and you go on and like it. You, you just be. Everybody say this with me. Be not partaker of another man's sin. That's what the Bible said. 
Don't be a partaker. Leave that mess alone. I can preach another hour. Y'all want me to? I Y'all got to get your kids. I love you all, but here, judgmental. Everybody say judgmental. Say we have to be, but we don't have to be. That's the truth. God bless you.